you're going to do the intro. This, or am I doing the intro? No, I did the intro last time, so you can say hi. And intro awesome. fight. I can say hi? Okay. And, yeah, you can say hi. All this right. This time, you get to go first. Cool. Welcome to the Why Aren't You Famous podcast with me, Andrew Grimm, and my co-host... Ellen Jerry. Yay! Uh, this is <laughs> I ep- did it. You did it. Way to go. This is episode three of the Why Aren't You Famous podcast, season two, and it's an exciting time to be here in River Rouge, uh, Michigan. With our guest Don Dupree, Don, Doop. say hello. Hello, everyone. Dupree, right. how you doing? For those people who aren't in the, we're doing great. For those people who aren't in the know, Don Dupree is from River Rouge, Michigan. He's put out a whole bunch of records. He's worked with the greats. He was a bass player for Thirty Eight Special for a little bit, um, and now he's uh, he's a firefighter and he's a songwriter and he's been mentioned in Rolling Stone. Dot like, com. Dot com. <laughs> well, well, we, we can leave that out. Sure. It's the same thing. What's the difference anymore? I mean, you know, if I'm trying to pick up chicks at the bar, it's Rolling Stone. (laughs) Right, of course. People in the know, I say .com. Right, because then then it's like you're not putting errors over people. That's right. Right? I don't want to lie to anyone in the bar. Right, because I was was on um, uh, AmericanaHighways.org. I had an old guy one time used to repair repair a bunch of stuff for me, and he was literally, he was almost 100 years old, and he said to me, he goes, I used to play with any young men. And I said, no shit, you know, because he's old. Yeah. And then uh, he goes, yep. He goes, I would take my mandolin and put his records on. I'd play with him all the time. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, he didn't lie. That's true. Well, yeah, there's something about truth, right? Right. That's it. <laughs> That's cool. So um, we are here um, in this season. We're going to be talking. Uh, for this episode, we're talking about the working class type of thing. And I got to know Don about... Yeah, when did you guys start your friendship? Because I know when our friendship started. Right. One um, of the best nights of my life. It was a magical. It was a magical night when when you met the 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 soul of the River Rouge music scene. <laughs> right. Don Dupree. Heart and soul, bro. Heart. And, Heart and soul. Right. I agree with that. Right. I actually agree with that statement. Yeah. I think that that's actually true. Well, and the cool thing is we're, we're the we're, we are the malfunctioning kidneys of the Baltimore music scene. That doesn't say. At least I'm not the liver of this music scene. <laughs> Um, we met, uh, I don't know, like seven years ago, I think, maybe 2011. Um, uh, Rodney Henry was the connection between the two of us, and Rodney would come up to me and say, hey, Dupe says hey, and I'd say, okay, hey, you'll tell Dupe I said hey back. I had no idea who you were. <laughs> and then uh, we got the Dave Hadley and I toured out here, and you set up the show for us and said, come on into our, my house. It's unlocked. Just hang out. Do whatever you want. And so Dave and I went through all your drawers and checked everything drank out. Drank all your beer. Drank all the beer. No, that was Rodney that did all that. <laughs> well, Rodney, you know, he's a special guy. Um, yeah. So, and then that's, that's one word. And then you, you came in. The, uh, we were even before that. We were texting about Roadhouse. Yes. We're 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 we texting about that Roadhouse. before. Yes. Roadhouse is a special. Are you still thing. gonna do that podcast about Roadhouse? I think so. We're gonna get. We're gonna find out. About I would that. like to know. I would like. I told Andrew that um, this should be. I would like you guys to announce your podcast um, <clears throat> that you're doing about Roadhouse on this podcast, because then I have an announcement to make. Jeez, <laughs> oh, there's so much going on. You know, there's so much. This is actually a podcast. It's just the announcement podcast. That's right. right. This is a this is the springboard of. A, so talk yeah. about this podcast that you guys are going to go off and do by yourselves, and it's going to be, I'm sure, amazingly successful. About I think, I think I was pretty drunk when we were texting about them, <laughs> and I think I thought you might have been too because you texted for more than like one minute. So I was like, he must be drinking. He's he's drinking and he's really really lonely right now. <laughs> that's that's how it works. Uh, well, yeah, the, the I think the podcast should be called the Double Deuce. Yeah. And we have, uh, I don't know how many episodes it would be, but every episode would, would focus on one of the characters 
um, and the actor who played that person, what they went on to do, and how that character, ooh, ooh, I just thought of this, and how maybe that character uh, either informs or expands on the archetype of, of like the American story, the American narrative. Um, and then we were looking up Rowdy Harrington. The Is it director. Rowdy or Rodney? It's I th- Rowdy. I thought it was Rowdy, yeah. yeah. Rowdy Harrington, Rowdy. yeah. And uh, he lives in Livingston, uh, Montana, and we found that video of him playing playing a song, and uh, so it's like... I love the intro. <laughs> that was great, right? <laughs> it was. I mean, I wrote it, this with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> And you see all the, or no, it was Gandhi. Gandhi, was that's Gandhi, right? Yeah, right. And then he said, uh, and, and you look in the background, he's got all these like really cool guitars hanging up uh, on the walls. And that Roadhouse money, brother. Yeah, that's it's still paying off. Could you dividends. imagine those uh, residual checks, man? <laughs> I mean, dude, literally, you can just like come to your house, right, and turn on the television and find Roadhouse. Right, somewhere. it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's doing okay. And the more I've seen the movie now, two and a half times. Um, which I realize I'm just a baby in the world of Roadhouse. Roadhouse, <laughs> Wandering yes. through the fields. Um, I need a podcast like that to direct me and to guide me through much more because I'm super into Twin Peaks. And so, you know, I would be into Roadhouse because there's so many quotable lines. Well, Roadhouse like, is kind of like Twin Peaks. Right. And exactly. Is there a soap opera within a soap opera? Uh, yeah. Whatever happened to Steve and his new Saturday night thing? Stephanie, I think her name was. See you guys. I was kind of hoping that, uh, um, uh, what's his name would have hired Steve? Uh, yeah, Brad Wesley. Yeah, Brad Wesley. But I, I, Steve was too much. I think Steve had a good heart. Okay, so I'm he glad did. that you guys. And that's what this podcast is going to be about. Wow, man, we're really getting out there. Brother. I know. Like, okay, let's rein it back in because this is not double deuce podcast. Right. This, this is right. famous. This is why you're famous. Yes. Right. Of course. Of course. I have no announcement. I was just going to say that I was going to go and probably take a class while you're doing that podcast and <laughs> occupy myself so that I do not feel insecure and jealous. Oh, well, you can yeah. be included. We need, a, we need a female perspective on Roadhouse. The dancing scene with Doc and Wade is, like, really nice. Yeah. yeah. That is true. A, he's a good dancer. Oh, Wade's... There's, Wade's. Oh, there's which, a lot of f- female gays in that scene, which, which is really nice. Which brings us, which brings us back. Are we really going to just do, do the no, but, podcast? Right no, now? we're we're just going. I just want to double back for a second because this this is relevant. This is what we're going to talk about. Okay. This is, I'm I'm totally on it. Um, Don, you of course you've seen the new Star Is Born film no on the opening night. Oh, Yo, totally, I was there. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> so so we went to see it and. And the first five minutes, <laughs> um, first five minutes. Let the uh, record show that Ellen Cherry is making a lewd gesture. Yes. <laughs> Throughout the entire film as well. Um, I was making inappropriate noises. Um, so Brad Brad Cooper comes out because he plays, uh, uh, was it was his name, Wade? Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine. So he Which plays, I imagine is spelled with an E at the end. Yes. Of course his name is Jackson Maine. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's, you know, the, he's Brad Cooper or whatever. But he comes out, he starts talking. And I'm and I'm watching. I'm thinking to myself, "My God, why is he talking like Wade Garrett? Like it's like you know he's got the the whole like, like call mumble mouth type voice. of thing. Well, oh, oh, darling, I just want to tell you, I want you for myself. That's right. You know. And so, not one minute after I thought that, Sam Elliott comes walking out and plays Brad Cooper's brother. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his see, Jackson Maine's father had him when he was sixty three years old. This is getting too much airtime. Okay, it is. The movie it's the is dumbest terrible. thing ever, but it's really, it's really bad, bad songwriting. But it's really bad let's, songwriting. Let's, in the let's movie. take let's take it back to you ready? Yeah. The songwriting topic we we're going to talk about for this podcast and the performance is going to be about the working class. Yeah. 
And one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk to Don about, but I want to talk to you about it as well. I mean, the whole the, my uncomfortableness with this topic, um, with the idea of songwriting and authenticity, and that's a conversation you and I had in the in the van today when we were going to buy beer and um, going to look at the the, the Indian burial grounds, um, the haunted fort. What is it, Fort, fort Wayne? Fort Wayne. Fort, fort Wayne. Wayne. Um, so you know, and and Stars Born. None of that's authentic. It's horrifying. Um, but we're it may be authentically American, though. No, that's true. Yeah, because everything is overly romanticized and like you know, airbrushed and. It's shellacked. so strange to really feel like. Well, see, I don't actually feel that way because we get on the road and I start to see that it is not all fructose corn syrup smeared all over the whole country and like this you know nasty mess. It's like we come to Pittsburgh and spend time with Ben and meet cool people and we come to River Rouge and spend time with Don and have this like wonderful actual real experiences which sort of like scrape away the veneer of plastic culture that is American culture yeah. that has been that I perceive because of marketing it's anyway right. continue I agree, <laughs> I, agree I agree 100% yeah you know, I think one thing too about coming here is like you know uh, we're not coming back from a bar and listening to like you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the history of fucking Blind Melon, Chitlin, and, you know, we're, we're listening to fucking Chicago and other guy, dude. You know, yeah, we're yeah. just oh, having okay. fun. and That's going to happen later, right? Well, I'm sure it's going to happen. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so the topic where we, when we... Oh, yeah, so you were talking about your... You were talking earlier about the idea of maybe adopting a, char- a character. Right. Or, like, what is songwriting and how does how do we feel that the story that we're presenting is right. authentic if we haven't lived it? Like, and we were talking about we were talking about the, um, the these folk guys who are dressed up like it's the 1890s mm. and they're playing a part. And then I'm thinking, like, at the same time we're having this conversation, I'm thinking, well, you know, I wrote this song about the, the, the working class because that was kind of the topic. And, you know, that's one of the one of the subjects that you write about a lot um, and very successfully. And also you you live. Rollingstone.com. Really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, do it as but, much as possibly can. <laughs> but but I mean, my challenge to any listeners, if we have any, on this podcast, is to travel to R- River Rouge and spend spend like fifteen minutes with you anywhere in 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 this area or in in Michigan, and you're gonna find out very quickly that, hey, you know everybody, but also the thing is, is like, you know, you're. The, the story of your family and, and, and the bits and pieces I've cobbled together over the years is, as, as I go, like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, Dupes kind of lived this. He's seen it, and he, he lives in the neighborhood that he's hoping to revitalize and he wants to be a part of. And even taking the, you know, the neighborhood kid to the flea market today to you know, keep him active and, 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 and to be a presence in his life, it's a huge deal. And so and you, maybe RollingStone.com should print that rather than you wrote a song. For, you know. They should because like having not only like the work that Don that you're doing here, but like the life that you're leading is an antidote to hopelessness in what feels like a hopeless situation. Like the decisions, the small decisions that each of us are making in our lifestyle and in our lives and the way that we treat other people in our communities and choosing to like, you know, of course, in a song, you would want to describe your community, but you're trying to do it with empathy, too, because you have sympathy. We were talking before we started recording about politically what's happening in this country, the di- the divisiveness that's really hard to overcome because there's a lot of people like us who really want to overcome it and also recognize that it's not like we're trying to change somebody else's mind. 
we're just trying to figure out like okay is there are you really that far away am i really that far away can we meet in the middle so that like there can be compromise which doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's happy but at least everyone's alive and taken care of you know like that's kind of the point (laughs) yeah i think a lot of it's just communication you know everybody wants to fight each other and argue with each other about stuff and you know and i have a captain at work his name's marvin Dotson, and he always when i was there kind of grooming me to be a uh, officer he'd be like he'd always tell you man he goes it's this easy it's but this is jobs about decision making you know how to make a just you know a group of decisions to fix something while a fucking house is burning down you know and that's it and that's kind of how i look at life it's like let's not argue let's make these decisions let's make them concise you know yeah i kind of think of everything like that i guess even with writing you know i want to everything quickly and because i feel maybe from this job for all these years you know i feel like the house is burning down so let's put the house out with whatever's happening in the world yeah right well, and, and also, if you think about that metaphor, if you take that as a, as a metaphor for a larger thing, like our, our country's on fire. Dude. Uh, and, and then the world will literally be on fire, you know, with the climate sure. change and all that other stuff. So, and and you're absolutely right about, like, well, this is about making effective decisions that will help to put out that fire. Sure. You know, and, you know not argue. Let's work together and make this stuff happen. Right. Um, so. The disagreements over stuff like. And we were talking about this earlier, too. The disagreement over the idea that um, a gender couldn't have autonomy over their body. And it's like, you guys realize that a category, was it three or four? Four. Hurricane just hit the Gulf. And, like, our president is meeting Kanye West in the White House. And, like, I haven't heard as much news about that as to if he's going to visit and tour you know, the panhandle of Florida and actually say like, okay, the eyes of the country are now on like this new destruction. And like, how can we, we have more important shit to do besides arguing. And like when you said that, like figuring out, making the decision to just say like the arguing isn't getting us anywhere. And it's such a temporary adrenaline rush to be mad at somebody and to disagree with them. And it's a much more sustaining and contentment feel to be like, Hey, I can relax because I don't want to kill anyone, and no one wants to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It's better to have friends and enemies. That's why I look. Yeah, at exactly. <laughs> well, like, when when you're fighting a fire, do you ever think about how much money it's going to take to do that, or you know, race and gender and like? I actually do a lot. Like, um, uh, I try and tell the younger guys that come on, like, when well, I mean, if you talk about money and things like that, like, I one thing that I tell these kids, I go, um. I try and teach science where it's mm-hmm. like if you go into a house like and say that one room's on fire up here okay and we get there fast enough and now you got to think now these are people around here that are these are poor people this is right. a, a working poor neighborhood so we can either go in there and we can bust all these windows out and like spray water all over the place and mess their whole house up or we can use science and just put a little bit of water in the air and let that you know water's going to multiply like 75 times per droplet and let the steam put this fire out. Say and that again. Um, Say, water does Water's going to probably multiply. It, it multiplies, like, I think 75 times. Every little droplet turns into steam. Yeah. And try and let the steam put that fire out. Yeah. So we can save some of these people's house, you know, some of their house. Because, you know, it's, it's, so I think about that kind of stuff. But not, like. Well, not, like, how much money is it going to cost us to put this fire out? I know you mean. But, like, but, but, but that's the same, that's the same principle. You know, that, that idea, like, you know, if we, how could we do that so you know, we could put out the fires without damaging everybody else's house. That's it. You know, the stuff that we have or the stuff that we want, you know, it's a really. Well, and also making a real distinct difference between what you want and what you need. 
because we're trying to move forward as a species like the needs are very different than the wants Mm -hmm, sure and like the needs are going to become into sharp focus really quickly and like yeah there's a a huge movement to save like the places of eden and actually get more people into cities which when you look at places like detroit and baltimore there's housing available that could be rehabilitated in my musician opinion which means i know very little about that whole like how infrastructure rehabilitation works but it seems like we have at least the land and dry and being in detroit for the last 24 to 36 hours and walking around the neighborhood we're staying in there's space and there's homes that the bones are, you know, still viable. And it's like, why are we not thoughtfully approaching these issues by pushing people back into the cities and away from Eden? Because nature can repair itself back there without us. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can pretty much give you the answer to that. I, I, uh, no one knows what they're doing. Like, like right now, seriously, right now, um, everything's just like a scam. There, You know, there's this, uh, what's happening? Like, okay, so like, let's, let's say Detroit. They, um, I'm not going to mention the uh, college's name, but they just had this big fellowship thing, and I knew a few people that were involved in it. And these are the biggest scams that you will ever come across. These people are getting all this money to do absolutely nothing, and they have no idea what they're doing at all. And it's just crazy. And yeah. we're just throwing money everywhere. Like, when you get these people that get into, like, wanting to literally, like, hey, we're going to, you know, get in here, and we're going to have this home bank, and we're going to figure out mm-hmm. things. They just have no idea what they're doing. They mess everything up. And what you got to do, like what I do, is I come in here and I find out if you want to be part of the neighborhood, we're going to make it happen. Right. We're going to try and do it on the cheap and, you know, get you in here to be a taxpayer to help build this community. Instead of just being like, I have this idea and I have this idea and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this, but it's going to be after brunch. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, <laughs> it, it's, you know. Yeah, totally. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I just feel like nobody knows what they're doing right now. Right. Um, I want to switch because we're. I'm looking. I'm just keeping keeping cool in my time. Dear listener, we're being more mindful of your time and (laughs) ours, and trying to be a little more concise. And like, yeah, the purpose of this of this season is to write music and create content as a force of positivity, and also the you know people involved solving their own internal problems. And so (laughs) I want I want to talk for a little bit about something that you do. I mean, somebody who knows what they're doing, and you can be self deprecating and all you want about that, but you you know about songwriting. Um, so you, know, you just tell us a little bit about how you got into songwriting and then like what your perspective is on it. Um, I got into it like almost probably any kind of guy I know that got into it, like, like the girl, you know, I wrote her a song, you know, when I was, uh, I was joking earlier, but when I was 10 years old, my dad was a big gambler and things like that, but he worked, he was a city worker and on Fridays he would go to these card games when he got paid, he wouldn't come home and. Sometimes he'd come home with nothing, but one morning on Saturday, he woke me up and he said, hey, he probably hadn't even been to bed yet. And he says, you still want a guitar? And I was like, yeah. And he took me to the music store and bought me a guitar with the money he won. But then, you know, like after I got a little older, that guitar would sit there and I'd see it and I started learning to play guitar from watching uh, MTV Unplugged mm. when it first came out. And uh, Cool. So I learned a few chords, but then, you know, I liked the girl and I'm like 18, you know, I'm going to write her a song, you know. Uh-huh. And that's why I got into it, you did, know. Did that work? No, didn't work. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Did she hear? No it? word for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she's like, oh, that's great, but like, it, you know, <laughs> I, it, I was one of them guys. I didn't. Uh, I just don't think the girls really liked me a lot, you know, when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, then you get older and you get into this, and then people like you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird situation, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but so I got into that, but then 
I remember just got into a band and I was writing all the songs, just a lot of them. And then, you know, the band broke up, like the, you know, Jane Quid, Jody Got Married type of shit. <laughs> right. But then I had all these songs and I kept, I had writing and I started going to open mics and I just, but the one thing that I kind of learned is I went and saw my, this friend, his friend of mine now, at the time he wasn't, this guy Ty Stone, he was in a band called Two Days Straight. This guy was making songs about the steel mill and shit, and I was like, "You can do that shit." Like I didn't, I didn't think you could, right? <laughs> right, right. But then I was like, "I guess you can," because like Bruce Springsteen does, but I never thought about that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But it kind of started changing my mind the way I, you know, started doing things. So I just started writing about my surroundings, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of honed that more and more and more. So that's kind of what I try and do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, what she was saying is, I try and be as empathetic as as, as possible. Right. You know. And um, try and hone that because I think that is like a, it's like a sense, you know. Sure. It's, um, I feel like it's for me something that I want to be fostering first in myself. Like I'm trying to write so that I can remember to not be so self-absorbed about a subject, and also be like, am I really looking at it from that person's perspective? Am I really like in the? Am I doing their story any justice by like? And that's how I deeply thought about like this working class song because I don't come from working class family. I come from a lower middle class family, and now they're very solidly upper middle class. And I always lived indoors. Um, we weren't rich, but I was never hungry. I um, got a good financial start in life. I think just because I my parents taught me about how to save some money, which is a sure. hard thing to do if you don't have any. Sure. So like that's one of the things I think people who are poor and can't seem to save get criticized for. They're like, well, why don't you just save money? It's like you can't save anything. You can't save nothing. You yeah. know, <laughs> like if you don't have it, can't save what you don't have. And so for me to like to when I was approaching the subject of the song <clears throat> and working on it the last couple of days, I was like, how am I, a person who has never experienced that, gonna try to describe it? Yeah. And I I didn't even try. I like that. I like you're honest about that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take a, di- a different tack that I hope you guys dig, but it's more honest about how I feel about the subject. And that's kind of like the whole purpose of it is that we didn't talk about the songs right. or reveal them to each other before because we were like, we want to have it be like a surprise and, we, and a new interpretation. Like right. your your interpretation of the subject matter is yours. Your interpretation sure. of the subject matter is completely unique to the way that you view it and so i was like well i can relax a little bit there and then also be excited about hearing your song because you're a fish swimming in this water so your description of the water is going to be much more accurate than mine could have ever been yeah and i for i'm my my childhood is similar to to ellen cherry's and um you know middle class you know suburban bel-air maryland you know, and and then for twenty years I was a high school teacher. So, I mean, I didn't make huge amounts of money, but I made enough money that I never worried about anything. And it's only since the last two years when I left, and you know, now I'm on Medicaid, and I make, I mean, my tax returns were thirteen thousand dollars last year, and and I'm actually on the real precipice of like I'm not going to lose my house, but like, you know, I'm just one month ahead in my mortgage. It's interesting to be um at this age and have like college classmates who are. Oh yeah, lawyers, lawyers doctors, accountants, dentists, you know, like people who have um been regularly paid True. 60 to 80,000 dollars a year and like to find myself feeling like I'm becoming more expertise after 20 years of songwriting. Right. But I'm like, oh yeah, I am actually in the working class now. Right. <laughs> like yeah. this is a working class. The you, creative you, class is a working class. You know what you always have to remember about those people that are like 
you know, doctors, dentists, and lawyers, and this, you know, this and that. They all want to be you. So just, yeah. you know, all your friends, seriously, <laughs> they're like, true. man, I wish I was. Yeah. You know, so. No, I'm super satisfied yeah. with my choice. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I, made a, I made a great choice. Yeah. Leaving teaching. It's great. That's one of the best things I've ever did. Should we play some songs? Um, we should play some songs, okay. and then um, and then we're gonna we're gonna play a song, and we're gonna talk about it for a little bit. And okay. then we're gonna play a song, and then we're gonna talk about it for a little bit, and we'll play a song and talk about it for a little bit. Who's going first? Um, well, we had Ben Shannon went first last time. Okay. So I think we have our guest lead off. Yeah. Do you want to leave? If you're cool with that. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. That's um, kind of intimidating, though. It's not intimidating. It no, we're all equals here. <laughs> says says the white male. Uh, Thank you for informing me of that. Are you white male, me brother? I, uh, well, I'm the duly designated white male in the in the conversation. Okay. Because I mean, I brought all the equipment. That's true. Uh, you have the right. I, I, <laughs> that gives right. you the right. All right, we'll we'll be right back with uh with Don Dupree. Whee. All right. Song's called "I Needed a Job." I needed a job I ended up here I've been a cop Fifteen years yeah, I've seen a lot of blood yeah, I've seen a lot of guts yeah, I don't see my family Needed a job And I ended up here So I've been a cop For 15 years Last week I made sergeant Nobody seemed to care They used to throw parties Stuff like that around here The whole way home All I could think about Is five years from now yeah, I can get out I needed a job I ended up here I've been a cop for 15 years. Wow, that's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, um, that I was thinking about while you were playing it. It's like the, the separation of time. There was a time when they celebrated becoming a sergeant becoming an officer becoming like this you know every step of the ladder and then not anymore because it i guess it, the culture doesn't support it anymore or whatever it, it, it just has become just a thing yeah and then then that 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 key line of like i want i, I needed a job it wasn't i wanted a job i needed a job what i needed a job what you need right what you're talking about yeah yeah and, yeah no that's really cool your voice is so tender Oh, thank you. I don't know if you know that. I, I do uh, go to great lengths to try and preserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. You've been working on it this whole podcast. 
No, you have such a tender voice, and like I think that one of the the things is that not only is your writing, um, the the embodiment of the thing that we were just talking about. So, I feel like you would have more of an understanding of what that actually feels like to say, "I need a job." So I've, I've been doing this for like the fifteen years, the passage of time, and it's sort of like a throwaway. Like I needed a job, and it and the conversational tone of the writing, to, not to be like so academic about it, but. One of the things that I love, we were listening to Amy Mann yeah. on the road yesterday and she has, her songs are so much just like she wrote down a conversation with a lover and like it's just the back and forth. Sure. And it's clever and it rhymes, but it's like when you, what happens to me as a listener when I hear a song like that, like the one you just sang, is that you're just telling me a quick, you know, minute and a half version of a huge amount of time. And also like, to sit there and think about, well, does that person really feel like it's just 15 years or is it like, is, is he the author of this life realizing like, holy shit, I've been doing it for 15 years. I just had this thing happen that when I was a kid was a big deal becoming sergeant. And that is a big deal. And like, did, am I in an echo chamber? Is, am I in another <laughs> dimension? Is no one here paying attention to that? Because like, that rhymes by the way, you should think, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we got it recorded. But also the idea of like, oh, which uh, makes me think that. about something totally straight. My mind just went off on a tangent Go for it. that in the, we, all of us are old enough to have had adult lives before social media. And so sure. what the big thing about Facebook 10 years ago was the idea that like everyone could suddenly participate in being their own celebrity. You were a celebrity among your friends because you had like a cool cupcake that looked amazing and you were having this experience and people were like, oh, cool, good for you. I like that experience. But this guy is like, this is, he wasn't asking for like, he got up today and had coffee and celebrated on Instagram. He's like, no, I, I worked this job for 15 years and like this is an important part of the community and we're not celebrating it at all. And like I don't even feel like celebrating it because apparently no one cares. Yeah, it's, I mean that's it. It's like there's, we like you kind of got sold this bill of goods, you know, back in the day. Like you know, this is how the job was going to be. But um, ever since I've been there, it's just been nothing but, you know, uh, guts. Yeah, there's like just blood and gold. Right? Yeah, one of the things that one of the big things I wanted to like say uh, in the writing of that song is, um, you know. Police are so demonized right now. You know, I would never be a police officer. It's just the worst job on the planet. It's the hardest job on the planet. I think cops should make $200,000 a year no matter what, but it should be harder to be a police officer. But like, with this, I wanted to people to see, like, this character is a human being, mm -hmm. you know? he's has this thing that he just can't stop, you know? Like, he maybe would like to stop this shit, but he can't. You know, he has to get his pension. He's got a family mm -hmm. and this and that. And, um... When people say that they hate police officers, it kind of gets me mad, you know? It's like, because I'm like, you got to look at them too, you know? Uh, my brother's a cop in Detroit, and, and you know, he'll tell you, he always told me, he goes, you know what, the best cops and the best crooks, they're good at it because it's a game to them. Mm -hmm. They don't take it personally, right. you know? And it's very hard not to take that job personally. It's rough, sure. dude. That's a rough we job. We have a situation, and I don't know the actual percentage of it, but there's a large percentage in Baltimore city of police officers who live in the County. And when, as a citizen of the city, you look at that and you think, I really want our civil servants to be living in the city. When because they, when, when they, they got rid of residency here, yeah. you really saw a change in everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, if you're a police officer, you're not going to talk to these, to the neighborhood people like they're pieces of shit. Right. Yeah. You know, you're because gonna, they're your neighbors. Yeah. It, there yeah. was an accountability there. And that, I think that's what's missing from a lot of stuff. But right don't now. you feel like also 
when so I first moved to New Orleans in 1997 and I remember the neighbor a neighbor who had been there for 20 years and the neighborhood association said here's my phone number and no cell phones in 1997 so it was like a house line like here's my phone number if you get into trouble and it's not like bleeding out shot death emergency call me first because the cops aren't going to help you and you're and he was just like they're not going to come they're not going to come and they're not sure. going to be helpful and I this was like I was 21 years old and I was just like what the cops are like the most trustworthy authority in the neighborhood and you trust and do what a cop says. And it was my first like adult experience with like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a different perspective yeah. that these neighbors have about the cops because of things that <clears throat> even the cops are not uh, not unaware of, but that they are suffering from too, like systemic institutional racist policies and um, economic policy in our country that like drives these divisions that like they are reacting to it too. Sure. Um, Andrew's last album, East on Green has this duality where the you hear police scanners and you are brought into yeah, like a state right. of empathy for both the first responder and the person who's suffering from the disease of addiction or poverty and like to have those two stories meet in that place in a place of humanity is like um yesterday justin what's his last name i can't remember he's the cop who shot laquan mcdonald in uh, chicago yeah and like this week was his trial and he's convicted of second degree murder. Second degree murder. And it's like, I think, I mean, I, anyone can correct me. No, um, it was second degree murder. But it's yeah. like the, the concept of like taking accountability and responsibility for your individual actions in that situation is one part of it. And one of the reasons I think that people that I've heard people in Baltimore say, I feel like I can't trust the cops to actually be accountable for the things that do happen. And when we're looking for justice for that, because there is sympathy for, and I don't know, it's such a complex issue. And I love that your song brought all of this to, yeah. <laughs> to the surface and because it's like, it's so complex. Well, it's, it's important. And, and the the great thing about it is that it's um, it's a it's distilled all these things into this idea of, of, you know, needing a job. And the job is, you know, the only job that he could get, or at least the job that was the best job for him was a police officer, which is also entangled in all these other things. And then there's that line that, like, I'm, you know, well, where's the common ground for everybody else? Like, just beyond the working class, like, what what would unify everything together? And there's this line where he said, it's five more years before I can get out. And And that reminds me of so many people that I know um, who have have taken on these jobs that they that they don't want to do just so they can retire at some point mm-hmm. and it's like man i've always counseled my my students to like well find a job that you love yeah then it's not a job <laughs> and then it's not a job you, you i mean i you know until, until I, I i soured on teaching like i could have taught for another 20 years it's fine yeah, and accepting that that might change as your life progresses. Right. So you might and choose a job that you, and also to do a job. We've all done jobs for a while that we haven't necessarily liked. Yeah. And the decisions of my life have been like, I chose not to have kids. And so, like, one of the things that is just like that has enabled me to not have to take a job I didn't, right. that I hated because I was just concerned with supporting myself. Yeah, sure. I decided to have cats. <laughs> That's so crazy. Expensive cats. Um, <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to have to move on here to Ellen Cherry's. Ooh, my song's song. next? Your song is next. Okay. I'm looking forward to hearing this because she's, she's been talking all day about how awesome it is. And I did not say that. I just said that I liked it. She said it was the most it. brilliant thing ever. <laughs> and she said she, you know, she's going to show Dupe what it actually means to be working class. That's what she said. <laughs> she did yeah, that, that. that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds like me brimming with confidence and like <laughs> yes. oh, 
and bravado about songwriting. And bravado, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get you set up. Okay. We good? All right. Here's my song. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, um, Hamamatsu. That's what it's called. I'll explain it. Tiny spark in a machine helps me glide straight towards a dream. See this world before it disappears. A moving part interlocked, breaking glass and a ticking clock. A universe grinding at its gear. Trace it back to understand A simple truth, a worker's hands Cradled me in chaos and saved me from the dark I cannot say I know you, but I love your beating heart A golden thread sewn through time Made our lives so intertwined Stardust melted into steel In 45 we dropped our bombs And now it seems we get along Who am I to break that wheel? Takes so long to find the proof To wind it back to a simple truth I don't know what I'm looking for I know that it doesn't matter anymore And I trace it back as far as I can Just want you to understand How you cradled me in chaos You saved me from the dark I cannot say I know you But I love your beating heart You cradled me in chaos You saved me from the dark cannot say I know you, but I love your beating heart. That is really good. This song is excellent. Thanks. That's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> That's so great. Like, you, 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 the way everything went with that is really, really good, man. Thank, Thank you. you for that. That was good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was really good. Is it that whole stardust and the steel and the idea of, um, I see, it's like, I wasn't, because you said that it was a different take on the idea of the working class, and it's more—it sounded to me more like a, a tribute to yeah, the totally. working class. Yeah, maybe the importance. Good. I was like, man, that was cool. Thanks. That was yeah, that was great. Not what I expected. Good. But, like you set it up so well, though. Yeah. Like, wow, that's neat, man. Thank yeah. you so much. Man, I'm, I'm left holding the 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 bag on this one. Well, there's a reason why it's called Hamamatsu. Oh yes, Ta- yeah. tell us about that one. So this is how the song came to me. Um, I was like, what am I going to do? As I said before, I didn't want to, um, I wanted to write or try to write something from an authentic place. And I've been thinking about this kind of song for a while that, um, so I was driving a 2015, uh, 2008 Honda fit in 2013 when I was hit by a drunk driver and the car performed amazingly. I mean, the instant we hit and rolled, um, like the airbags were out and the structure of the car like held sound through three like rolling 
rapid violent impacts into the earth and the glass shattered and like the car was destroyed oh yeah but wow. the two people okay. in it survived and so i started thinking about like um so i have recently in the last 10 months begun like some 12 step work and try to have a spiritual awakening and reconnect with like a higher power but up until in the last five years i've been really thinking about like the human element in my survival and the survival of my passenger and this extreme trauma is due to factory workers in japan and they built my car and so yesterday we were driving here and I, I don't have access to the vin number right now of that car that was crashed but i do have access to the vin number of the car that we're driving which is my newer honda fit <laughs> so i looked up like you can look the 11th letter of the vin number tells you what country your um car was assembled in so i looked it up and it's this place called hamamatsu so i spent about an hour just looking on wikipedia and researching and going like diving down this deep hole which is one of the useful wonderful things about the internet to learn about hamamatsu and like it was a hunter-gatherer society and then it went through this period in like pottery and and then in 45 it went through six bombing raids we bombed it six different times and the idea that a place 63 years ago we were destroying them and now you know 60 or 60 years later or 58 years later they assembled a car that saved my life to me like all of those things i was just like how can i wind all those things together to write a thank you note to the person who like you you cradled me in chaos you saved me yeah, from the that, end that's excellent man Jeez, <laughs> i can't say i know you but i but i love you like that's what i want to say is like i don't know who you are the thousand people that worked on my car and the engineers who designed it and the people who painted it and the people who screwed in little screws on the dashboard but like i'm so glad every single one of you was born because you worked on this thing that like literally delivered me from death. Sure. And so to me, I was just like, okay, well, how can I describe that? Like <laughs> in a song, that's mm. what I did. <laughs> that was, that's even better now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not only did you write that, but then you uh, demonstrated to the entire population of uh, whoever listens to our podcast, exactly what the internet is for. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Please. I thought you, I thought you were going to say that you're going to try and find out like who made the car and you're going to thank them. Like, yeah, I would love to do I that. I could maybe talk to someone at rollingstone.com. Maybe they might know someone. <laughs> Don, no. could you re go in deep into your contacts in rollingstone.com? They might, they and might see know. see if they could get into Honda Corp. Yeah, blow blow that it. wide open. That's it, dude. I've, I've long thought about writing a thank you note to um, the president uh, of Honda Corp. I think you just did, man. Yeah, yeah. You know? like just wanting to say thanks. And just like the idea that, like. That's a way that we could tour Japan. Mm -hmm. And you know what's really good about that song, too? It had. A fucking chorus and a verse and shit. Like, <laughs> it was like, you know what I mean? It was really good, man. Yeah. Thanks. It's really good. Hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> You're uh, up. Yeah, I'm up. Oh, You're boy. Up. Well, be prepared to be let down by my Shut song. Shut up. Jeez. Way to, way to preload it with disappointment. <laughs> That's the best thing I could come up with under duress. I heard a little bit of it because um, it was tight quarters earlier, and so quarters. we needed to, like... Yeah. Listen in a little bit, but I didn't pay attention to you. Guys, just stayed here for free, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into that later. All right, I'm gonna get set up. Hold on a second. <sighs> Flickering shadows. <laughs> Do it. Every night when I get to bed, I should be sleeping, but I'm thinking. Instead, in the flickering shadows from the hallway lights, these are things that keep me up all night. 
Payment past due for the third straight month. I can hear a repo man working on my truck. Money in my pocket is a rare surprise. And these are the things that keep me up all night. Fourth hand clothes and some worn out shoes. It'll be another month before I take care of that tooth. By then, how we know we'll survive. These are the things that keep me up all night. These are the things that keep me up all night Oh, they pick at my bones and they strip out my pride Like a tenth round boxer, too tired to fight These are the things that keep me up all night Think about my kids, my wife, and my home. Yeah, everything I lost with a defaulted loan. The lights dim out, the harder I try. And these are the things that keep me up all night. And when I dream, I hear alarms go off And I see myself in a pine box The shadows give way to that old sunrise and These are the things that kept me up all night These are the things that kept me up all night that's a hit, man. Are you kidding Thanks. me, brother? Man, that is great. Thank you. Wow. Jesus. I love the line that. about the fourth hand clothes. Yeah. Oh, the tooth. That tooth And thing. the tooth line Ooh, is really, really man. good, too, because, like, that whole, just him, the character saying, like, yeah, I'll take care of it next month. You're just like, tooth pain is insane. And yeah. to live with it for a month, even, and you've already lived with it. But people do, and, you know. And now you have yeah. to live with the pain for another month. And then there's a likelihood that that's not even going to be a priority then. Yeah. And you have to kind of keep staving stuff off. And I think one of the things I was trying to do with the song is I was trying to think of all the things that I never understood about what it meant to be working paycheck to paycheck until I, I got to that point. But I was thinking like, well, I can't, I can't say that I've experienced all these things, but I can imagine that this is the stuff that people have to think about. Like, yeah. how, do they, how do they ever sleep? And I was, at, you know, a couple of things I was working with, like the, the boxer line was going to be a third shift it's like, you know, I'll pick another shift up. So I'm, I'm you know, just as tired as a third shift worker, too tired to fight. Um, but the boxer I, thing was great, though. Yeah, it was very, it was, very good. Because yeah. you're, you're really, you're, you're in 10 rounds. Sure, you sure. know, and you're just. Wait, what was that line again? Um, the, it's a, where is it? Um, I think about my kids, da, 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 the lights didn't, no, where is it? Oh, here it is. Um, they, um, it's a chorus thing. 
these are the things that kept, keep me up at night. They pick up my bones and strip out my pride like a 10th round boxer too tired to fight. Okay, I missed that yeah, one. I love the picket, okay. to pick your bones thing, yeah. yeah. It's really good. Thank you. Man, Thank I wish you, so you guys could do these tonight. These are, you know what I mean? These are great. Maybe we can. Ooh, I'll have to practice a little bit before that happens, but yeah. No, I mean, both these would be really good for like, you know, it's really right up everybody's alley that we hang out with. And mm-hmm. Man, yeah, it's nice stuff. Cool, well. And dude, I'll tell you, like, I, like if I didn't like this stuff, I'd probably be like, this is good. <laughs> I was all like, oh, I hope I like it. <laughs> I hope it's okay. Because you're like, these are my friends. How do you tell your friends that you don't like what they do? <laughs> no, but it was like, I mean, these are great. Like, you know, uh, like you said, I mean, Jesus, that, that's like a, you know, a thank you note and a love song to the American worker. Yeah. You know, or the worker in general. And then, yeah. uh, and also uh, all the other stuff you got into where you're like, you know, here's this place that we've destroyed and, you know, they, yeah. uh, you know, here they are making this thing that saved me. I mean, this is a, such a, a great way of thinking about something. You know? yeah. yeah. Like how strange about, that is to be like, oh yeah, we bombed you 60 years ago and now right. you, now we're friends. Right. Okay, I think now it's just nice that you like, wrote you know wrote something about yeah. th- for them you know and yeah. uh and then getting to you jesus that, that's an anthem you know these are the things that keep me up on i mean yeah. dude that's i mean that's what's up it is it, i mean and it's it's and all it rhymed <laughs> so, but i mean the thing what's nice is you guys both had hooks you know yeah, yeah. and i mean that's i think what's missing from almost anything is just nobody even understands how to do that anymore you know they just kind of just go do whatever i want and they go it's art it's like well you know yeah that's like a i have a whole like thing about that is it art or commerce because like he so the idea of like bad art or bad music is totally subjective but can you discern between like what's actual music and what's just commerce right what is just made to sell because like there was a there's the stuff that you hear on uh mainstream radio pop music has changed and you know pop music was more it i'm not hopefully sounding too old but it's like i think most people would agree that the, it's lacking metaphor mm-hmm. it's very literal and it's literally just we got to wrap it up yeah. beats and words and it's like and the beats and words are put together by like 20 people and not yeah. a single singular vision of, of one or two people who are just like this is the subject matter and we're going to artfully describe it and you know, we don't have 16 people contributing to it. It's crazy time for yeah. music. I, I think, yeah, it is. And I think uh, what we were talking about earlier, uh, it's come to this peak where it's like, you know, I think it's just ready to be done with almost everything. And, mm-hmm. and if we can one by one keep bringing songs back, you know, that's it. That's right. my goal is it's like, I want to bring songs back, you know. That's what we're doing because too, yeah. It, you know, it, it helps people so much, you know. I mean, it's, it's saved my life many times, yeah. you know. It's a great equalizer, man. You know, your heart broke, you know, you're happy, you know. Uh, I, I think one of the biggest things about being a writer, though, is like, you know, that stuff will help you when you're a listener. But as the writer, figure out that way to stay. Okay, so we can all write, like, uh, a lot of times I think we write our best stuff if we're uh, freshly in love or newly in love or freshly out of it, right? But figure out that middle part when your emotions aren't all crazy. Figure right. out how to write in the middle, you know. Yeah. Right, right, and, right. Uh, that's kind of what I see what you guys just did there because it's like this wasn't something about like uh, love or anything like that. It was just like this thing that you guys took on and really wrote some good songs. That's really amazing. Like I, I don't know if I could have did that shit. I'm like, <laughs> you know. Thanks, man. Thank you, dude. That's what the second season is about. The second, the first season was about like trying to dismantle for ourselves. Like, how do we fit into 
and a creative process and a creative living while navigating the fact that our culture is so celebrity obsessed and everything oh, seems mm. to center on it. This season is about like, okay, well, what's our answer to that question? Our answer to that question is like, we have to be part of the activation of putting good creative content out into the world because I truly believe that it's a healing force for me first. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then for the listener, for the people that are going to listen to the music that I make, not everyone's going to like it. Not everyone's going to like what I do and that's okay. But the people who are hearing it, they may feel like they've finally gotten hydrated off after being really thirsty for a while. That's how I feel when I feel hear a great yeah. song that I'm just like, Holy crap, this like nourish me. Yeah. So, well, we're, we're going to, Don, you want to jump in? You got 30 seconds. <laughs> oh man. Okay. It's just uh, like NPR. We've got 30 seconds. Got 30 then seconds. we got to go to our commercial break. We're sponsored by Topo Chico. I, I just really appreciate you guys having me on here. And, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's really cool. And you put the effort forth to, uh, write these songs which are really great you know thank you and oh well I mean, this is, goes right back to you as well i mean this, you know you were one of our you were like our our i i would say top one top two pick of people that we wanted to come back because ben shannon we definitely wanted to work with him but it was like it wasn't even a question whether or not we wanted to come and see you and, and play with you so and the idea of like seeing people in their hometown like that's part of it is like the, the chance for us to travel and what to circle back to what I said earlier it's like to go and scrape the plastic fructose veneer off American culture and actually realize like so it doesn't always look as like suburban pretty as you think it's going to be but I think that there's a beauty here and you my friend are a part of that beauty well thank and you very much it's wonderful to I got a haircut you did <laughs> and it looks great looks great but where can people find you on the internet um, Rollingstone.com backslash Rollingstone.com, yep. uh, the uh, best artist ever. That's it. The uh, um, you just go to dondupree.com. I think that's still sticking around. It'll just send you wherever. Cool. Um, you have a yeah. Bandcamp page as well. Yeah, I think it'll send you to that. Yep. So, Good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it'll send you to my like the band stuff with Dupree Inside Outlaw. So, um, oh, p- P.S. Um, one thing that I have learned from like going from a band name to your name. Uh huh. It's not the greatest move of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of, uh, people are just like, they're like, who? Who? And you're like, shit. I should have just went with the other name. Right. But it's all good. You know. That's cool. Uh, Ellen, Jerry, where can we find you on the internet? Speaking of names, of yes. bands and people, ellencherry.com, E-L-L-E-N-C-H-E-R-R-Y.com, uh-huh. and ellencherry.bandcamp.com is where you can subscribe nice. and also right. purchase old music older music not old not old timey but yeah. older music what about you mr grim uh, you can find uh find my stuff at junestar.com j-u-n-e-s-t-a-r.com and also junestar.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe you can subscribe yours is four dollars a month mine is five dollars a month and uh, you get a whole bunch of content exclusive content and uh something else I wanted, we didn't do this in the last episode, but I really want to thank oh, some yes. underwriters who have like our early underwriters. We've got James Baker, Chris Whitaker, James White, uh, Susan Solway. Yes, and we have a possible fifth one that has not confirmed yet, but so I won't thank him yet. Ooh, take that, buddy. Because he hasn't sent his check. Mm-hmm. Waiting for the check. We are not doing Kickstarter. We are we are making our living as musicians, and we want to produce this con- this content for everyone because we think it's healing. And if you're interested in underwriting, it's not that expensive, and it's basically like a cool thing to do. So yeah, find us on Facebook. And Instagram right and on. all the stupid things, whatever. Goodbye. Cool. And thank you very much, Don, for being thank on our you, show. Thank you, Don. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. All right. See you guys later. See ya. Bye.